Who dat, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Who Dat Dish podcast. We are part of Fansided, here to bring you the latest Saints news, analysis, and opinions via iTunes and Spreaker. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. We are four days removed from the first preseason game of 2018, and just three days from the Saints preseason opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Unfortunately, today, Tyler is not able to join us, but he will be back for our episode on Friday to recap the results of the game. And I have a very special guest on this episode host of Locked On Jaguars, a podcast covering the Jacksonville Jaguars every week, year-round. Please welcome Zach Goodall to the show. First off, Zach, you had the pleasure of being at Jaguars Open Training Camp Practices all last week. Uh, how are you doing this close to your team's preseason kickoff? And and tell me about the experience. What, what was it like at those practices last week? It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'll tell you what. It was my first time being on the other side of the ropes. Uh, I've gone for the past couple of years working for Big Cat Country, part of SB Nation. Uh, we couldn't get credentialed through there, so I kind of did my work sneakily on the other side of the of the ropes, which is interesting to say the least. And you can tell that there's a lot of different rule changes that you don't really expect when you get onto the other side of the ropes. But once you're there, you totally understand the whole don't take videos during team, all that kind of stuff, because we really can't. Last thing the Jags need are the Saints picking up on some of the plays they'll be playing uh even though it is preseason just on Thursday, not stuff that they can really let get out. But it was a great experience. Got to meet a lot of cool people, both from the actual team as well as in the media. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And on top of that, you know, tried to get as much content out there as I could, which you guys can find over at Locked On Jaguars. That's fantastic. Even though, yeah, it sounds very strict. They kind of have to do that uh, for, I mean, many reasons. The first being... Uh, even if it is just a preseason game, it still matters what they're doing on the field, and you can't have that stolen by anybody, uh, especially not the Saints, the team they're about to face. So, um, But that's very interesting. That's awesome that you're able to get credentials into the game. Um, I know a lot of people from uh, com who were a part of also can get credentials to go to Saints training camp, and some have. Be sure to check that out, com. So uh, a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to go one year to the Saints or, or really any team's training camp. Looks like a whole <laughs> lot of fun. So glad you were able to go. I'm going to knock out some quick Saints news, um, especially regarding Brandon Coleman. He has been released following a slew of inter, uh, uh, inter- injuries. Excuse me. Um, he had a neck and back problems, um, as well as uh, uh, recently he had some uh, hip injuries, uh, multiple, according to head coach Sean Payton. Um, but it sounded like at Payton's press conference that he left the door open for Coleman to come back later on this offseason as maybe a practice squad member or um, after the team maybe cut somebody when he's healthier. Uh, he said that he just wants to – they need to play guys in the preseason on training camp. So looks like Brandon Coleman could be coming back, but – we, we might be rocking uh, uh, Michael Floyd, who we signed uh, the other day, to a, uh, a contract. We also picked up Ricky Jefferson and John Phillips to the team. Um, Ricky Jefferson, former LSU safety, so obviously going to be a little bit of fan favorite down there in the bayou. Um, and the first Saints step chart is out. You can find that on Twitter. Uh, Joel Erickson, Nick Underhill, a couple other guys tweeted it out, so be sure to follow them or just check out their profile if you want to see the depth chart. Uh, we'll go more in depth on that after Friday uh, when we actually see the players play on the field. Speaking of which, we're going to jump into that right now. Um, <clears throat> Zach, again, thank you for joining me. Um, you obviously have been covering the Jaguars for quite some time, been a fan for, uh, I'm guessing, your whole life. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing you yeah. yeah. I um Well, I, I actually moved to Jacksonville from Pittsburgh. Um, so I was, I, I'm I'm fresh, young, 19 years old. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I was in Pittsburgh 
moved about a year after they won Super Bowl 2005. And truth be told, I just really did not care about football when they won Super Bowl uh, in 2005. So I moved to Jacksonville, made a couple of friends while I was real young. They kind of taught me exactly what football was because I didn't have the greatest understanding. And despite my family's uh, pushing, you know, real pushing for me to be a Steeler fan, I just somehow ended up falling for the Jaguars. So really my first football team, but yeah, a unique way to come across them. That's awesome. Yeah, that's like yeah. very recently became kind of a fan. So that's that's super mm-hmm. cool. But also being able to cover them just about every day uh, on a podcast that's 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 really awesome. But um, so but you you have the opportunity to cover them really closely. Um, so and 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 the Jaguars have been, I guess, the epitome of for the past eleven, maybe twelve years uh, of mediocrity. Uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say they've been absolutely terrible. They have had terrible years, but overall. Um, I think it's just been mediocre. They've had a lot of top 10, top 15 draft picks, so that says a lot about how they finished. Not a lot of playoff berths. Um, but last year, of course, they made it to the AFC Championship, won the AFC South with the 10-6 and record, uh, which was a very tough, gritty division. So very impressive. Defense exploded onto the seam. Uh, uh, Saxonville, you guys earned that nickname. <laughs> how surprised were you? Obviously, the, the team has been building up. Uh, uh, to this point, signing players through the draft as well. So, but still, how surprised were you with Jacksonville's immense success last season? Both, of course, by the defense that that made a, a crazy name for itself, and the fact that the team made it all the way to the AFC Championship game and and came pretty darn close to uh, going to the Super Bowl. You know, I believed in this defense before it actually met the field because there was a lot of growth in the defense in the couple of years prior. Then you add Calais Campbell and Barry Church. And I'm blanking on one other guy. For some reason, I can't think of it. But the young talent they had there as well, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey, Yannick Ngakwe, it was just something where you you knew that defense was going to be something special. Did I believe it was going to be as special as it was? No, 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 no. No, that was pretty crazy how it jumped out at you and was such an elite defense really from the get-go. At the same time, this time last year, I was just starting with the Locked On Jaguars podcast, still doing work with BCC, so it's doing a lot of coverage. But, I mean, even in my transition, I was really focusing on what this team was going to offer us for that year. And I saw Blake Bortles at quarterback, and I saw in a practice, a training camp practice, where he threw five interceptions in one night. And I saw, I saw, you know, Chad Henney genuinely battling for the position come week three of training uh no sorry of the preseason for that matter in the you know in the game where they normally have more starters and chad henny was the starter for that night and for a good amount of time and that was that was kind of telling you like listen this defense could be great and i'm i still don't see this team breaking 500 but bortles won the job back the defense came out and was doing even better than anyone expected them to. Fournette missed a couple of games due to injury, but all in all, I think he had a really solid rookie season that he's going to build upon. And I, I was surprised by the end of the year, considering just how I saw this team had really gelled together, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I kind of became less and less surprised. Like throughout the start of the year, I'd be like, okay, they're on a lucky streak right now, but I mean, things will die down to oh my God, like this team could beat the Patriots in the AFC championship game. Like I'm genuinely excited for this. So it, it, it was a huge shakeup from the past eight-ish years prior. But heading into the latter part of the season, you genuinely knew that this team wasn't really a joke. Oh, absolutely. And you, you hit it right on the head. It has been a slow building process for this team through the defense. Mm-hmm. 
course, drafting Dante Fowler Jr. Uh, a few years ago, getting Jalen Ramsey a couple years ago in the draft, signing Barry Church, Calais Campbell from the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Jalen Ramsey, of course, um, getting, getting drafted. So, you, you, and it's it's not like it was just a, a, a one-year deal that they got all these guys together and then put it out on the field. They've been gelling together for a little while, so that's, that's what impressed me the most. Um, in the AFC, of course, that's been ruled by the Steelers and the Patriots over the past few years, and of course, uh, whatever team Peyton Manning was on, whether it be the Colts or the Broncos. So um, it, I, I think it would be absolutely refreshing to see the Jaguars go to the Super Bowl. A lot of people uh, are tagging them to go to the Super Bowl this year, and of course, last year they they just impressed and came so close. So um, and and I, I I would argue that they maybe even got even better, and that's what we're going to jump into here. Um, you could also argue that they lost their four most valuable receiving targets for Blake Bortles. Of course, they still have D.D. Westbrook and Marquise Lee over there. Um, but you guys lost Alan Hearns, Alan Robinson, Mercedes Lewis, the veteran tight end, Chris Ivory, former New Orleans Saint. Um, but on top of that, you also signed Dante Moncrief, drafted DJ Chark, uh, another fan favorite here uh, in the Houdat Nation LSU guy. Uh, very impressive wide receiver Chark is. So what are your thoughts on the rotation Bortles surrounding cast went through these past few months, uh, especially in comparing it to last year, how well they were able to, at the very least, sustain a, a above-average offense? You know, I entered camp thinking that you, the most important thing for Bortles is going to be consistency because he improved last year, but there are times where he struggled with consistent being consistently accurate, you know, being able to make his progressions and making the correct reads and accurately placing the ball. And you want to see more of that especially out of a dude that you just handed a three-year extension to. Now, right. it's hard to ask him to be perfect with that when, like you said, you lose all those receiving targets. And, I mean, besides Marquise Lee, Dante Moncrief is brand new to the system after being injury-riddled during his four years in Indianapolis. You got two second-year receivers who are going to be asked to take on a big workload, that being Keelan Cole, who they're very, very hopeful on to become less and less of a deep threat and more and more of a all-around receiver. He's a lot of people on- think... He's first on the depth chart, right? That's right. He is going to be uh, one of the first starting receivers this upcoming week, I think, with Marquise Lee. Uh, And they might run a couple of different wide receiver sets. They might try and bring in three, but they love to run their two tight ends. So there will be a lot of looks with Cole and Lee on the outside. Uh, D.D. Westbrook is really growing into more of the possession-style receiver that people didn't really expect him to be. They more expected him to be that vertical threat that Cole ended up being. And then, of course, you have Chark. And I'm a big Chark fan myself. I'm sure a lot of Saints fans, like you said, are as well. But that's just the thing is I wasn't too hopeful for it to look great early on because there's so much chemistry to be built with so many guys leaving, more and more guys coming in. And on top of that, young guys being asked to take on a lot. But through camp, I say they've all shown a lot of growth. Moncrief missed, I think, four or five practices with an ankle injury. It's minor. It's something he'll be back with. And before that, he looked to have started to build a solid connection with Bortles. Uh, Lee will still be the guy that they look for underneath. He's just what he fits what Bortles can do at, in terms of comfort in the passing game. He likes to hit the low-level passes, especially on play action. Those crosser routes are Marquise Lee's favorite and Blake Bortles' favorite. So there's just a lot of chemistry there. I see why they kept him. Uh, Cole, you're definitely looking for a lot of growth. And from throughout training camp, I was tracking routes during the time for a couple of them. And Cole actually 
had the majority of his receptions, which topped 10. I don't remember exactly how many. The majority were coming in that short to intermediate game. So you're starting to see that growth that you want out of him. And then Chark was – he was lights out in camp from what I could tell. I think I had him close to 15 total receptions throughout the eight open training camp practices that I was at. Uh, he was able to hit routes on the outside, the inside, deep, short, middle – like anywhere you could really put the ball to him. And he had very few drops. I think he had two on his first day and none after that. So his growth has been incredible. Um, all in all, I'm more impressed with this receiver group now than I was heading into training camp. I'm very curious to see how they'll perform against the likes of Marshawn Lattimore, if Marshawn's on the field enough during the first game. But I'm impressed with what I've seen so far, and I'm really hoping they can carry this into game action. Rookie wide receivers have been impressing a lot uh, so far in training camps. Of course, you have DJ Chark over with the Jaguars. Saints have Traquan Smith. He, he's been making a lot of noise down there. And uh, up in Chicago, Anthony Miller, you just see all his highlight tapes. It's a Twitter thread out there. He's just right. been absolutely impressing. So uh, I, I enjoy seeing that. Uh, Jaguars still, of course, have Leonard Fournette, uh, who was the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. Or, excuse me, that was Alvin Kamara. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it should have been Co. I said this on the podcast. It really should have been Co. with Leonard Fournette. So, in my book, he, he, he should have been Offensive Rookie of the Year. But coming into his sophomore season, so you guys still have him. Uh, and you guys also signed Austin Safarian Jenkins, uh, the tight end, uh, former Buccaneer, former New York Jet. Um, so, how much confidence do you have in Blake Bortles coming into this year? I've got a lot more confidence than I had last year for sure. Like I said before, like last year's camp was highlighted by a practice where he threw five interceptions and team drills. This year he threw three throughout the entire open camp. So like two date, he's only at three. So granted it's, it's training camp. It's against your own team at the same time when you're going against a defense like the Jaguars, like every day, it'll It'll certainly sharpen you up, and I think you're starting to see that out of him. He still finds his most amount of comfort in the short game, uh, play action, as well as the red zone. But like you said, with Leonard Fournette's presence, they've addressed the offensive line some more to help Fournette. I think they're truly finding Bortles' comfort level as that game manager type of quarterback, not someone that, like a Drew Brees, can take the game put it on their shoulders and lead that team to victory. That's not Bortles' game. That's why they have this run game and this defense to try and work with him. They don't have to invest as much money into the quarterback position because they can put it elsewhere and be more dominant elsewhere, and they look at it now and see Bortles is fine enough to get the job done. And I think that's been really, really good for him. I think he's found that comfort level, and I'm excited to see just how consistent he can remain this year. I really don't think he'll be a lights-out guy, but – if he can build upon what he did last year, which was probably his best season to date, then I'm totally fine with that. Many teams with fantastic defenses tend to go far in the playoffs, even win Super Bowls with game-managing quarterbacks, like you mentioned, that Bortles could be. So that, that That's definitely something to look for. I'm excited to see him if he takes uh, some action onto the field. Um, of course, starters, starters in the first game of the preseason, it's usually only a few possessions, if any. Um and if it's anything like we saw in the first preseason game, we'll get a whole lot of glimpses of the second stringers, which will, will, will be great because a lot of the times those, those are guys fighting for actual rotational minutes in the NFL regular season. Um, but with all that being said, of course, you haven't been able to see them play any preseason games yet. But uh, you, you know what they look like on paper. You know what they look like up close to personal at training camp. You've seen them play last season. What are your expectations in terms of on-field performance and finish in the AFC 
for the Jags right now, if you had to say, of course, it may change over the next couple months, but if you had to say right now, what are your expectations? Well, I'm really curious to see how the rest of the AFC plays out. You know, the Patriots, you look at their roster and you think, is this going to be a Patriots team that truly contends? As long as Brady's there, they're going to. But the rest of that roster looks about as shaky as it ever has. Same thing with the Steelers as Ben's getting older. So I think with the with what the Jags have built upon is that they can truly contend to be at the top of the AFC. At the same time, last year they went 10-6 and six in a pretty easy division with an easy schedule and injury luck. This year they've got a much tougher division with Watson being healthy, with hopefully, for the Titans' sake, Mariota looking a lot better in a system that better fits him as well as if Andrew Luck is healthy, which we still really have no clue. But Mm. if he can return to what he was at before, you've got a real competitive division right here. I still would take the Jaguars roster as a whole over any other team in this division. I like them winning the division. But considering that, considering I don't really see a carryover in how lucky they were with injuries, I don't think you can really expect the defense to break records like they were doing last year i just think that's a huge thing to ask of them but if they can continue to perform at the dominant level close to what they were doing or just be you know do what they need to do well you put this team at 10 and 6 like they were last year considering the things that got much harder and i consider that to still be a huge success anything other than that's just a cherry on top because if you're if my, my thing with it is if you're playing the exact same schedule and same division with this team building on its second year, this team might go 12-4, and 13-3, and three, something like that. But considering those outlying factors, 10-6 and six is totally fine for me. Yeah, Andrew Luck is just so up in the air right now. I, I really have no clue if, if, if how much we'll see of him. And even if he is healthy to start out the season or for week two or three, uh, his, his neck is going to be sensitive. It's 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 going to be easy to re-injure it. That's a huge possibility, mm-hmm. and it could happen again. Uh, so yeah, it's just absolutely up in the air right now. Very tough division. Other than that, uh, because you of course have the ever improving Titans, uh, who uh, also made the playoffs last year, uh, and and won a playoff game against against the Chiefs. Um, and then you of course have the Colts with the Andrew Luck situation, um, the Jaguars, who I I, I still think are going to win. Uh, that division and then with Deshaun Watson coming back for the Houston Texans um, again ACL injury uh, does, doesn't always happen so often in the NFL not as sensitive as, as neck injuries but uh, very well could could uh, uh, I guess limit him in the season it's, it's a possibility but not not as up in the air as Andrew Luck so that's going to be a team to watch out for the Texans with uh, Tyron Matthew coming there as well and that impressive receiving core but uh, let's jump into our game. Let's jump into the Saints versus Jaguars. I'm really excited for this game, man. Football's finally mm, coming Me back. too. Getting to, watch yeah. your, getting to watch your team. Uh, so it, it's going to be a whole lot of fun, and, and everything's made up. The points don't matter. Like, whose line is it anyway? It, it's a preseason game, so it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We get to see guys just battle it out and, and, and try really hard to make some roster spots. But besides starters for this game, of course, we don't know how much we'll see of them, and we already kind of have an idea of, of how they're going to perform. So besides starters, give us some names uh, of players to keep an eye out for on Jacksonville's roster. Well, before I do that, all I want to do is say that on the Saints roster, some backups that I want to see is, as you mentioned, Traquan Smith, because I'm a big mm-hmm. UCF fan. That's, yes, I just, just had to put that little note in Golden there. Golden Knights. But, um, that's right. That's right. National champions. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Undefeated but, um, national champs. That's right. But looking back to the Jags roster, I think the obvious one will be 
the LSU to New Orleans fan favorite DJ Chark because he will be with the second team. He might get some first team snaps throughout the night, but just hoping he can build off of what he did so far in training camp. His development under Keenan McCardell, I think, has been crazy good. So I'm very excited to see him in game action. Now, looking to the running game, I think keeping an eye on TJ Eldon and Corey Grant, what they're able to do, like you said, Chris Ivory isn't here anymore. And Yeldon ended up being pretty flashy last year compared to years past. He finally seemed to have a role in the passing game. They might incorporate him with the first team a little bit, but I would bet on him taking a lot of second team carries. Uh, Corey Grant as well. He's a true speedster. He's not as much of an all-around back. He's a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's a guy that can run like blazing fast. Like Good luck catching up to him if he gets the open field. But he's not a bruiser. He's not that much of a pass protector or anything like that. He did, they, they have the opposite type of skill set of Leonard Fournette, but it's great for that change of pace. So that's going to be something to watch to see exactly how the Jaguars change their offense around to having those different types of styles of running in there when Fournette isn't. And then if we look over to the defense, they run a lot of nickel. I'd say roughly about 70% of their snaps are in the nickel. So I might be cheating a little bit by saying watch Leon Jacobs at the Sam linebacker position because technically he will be a starter this year as long as he keeps performing like he does. But the Sam position takes about 30% of the snaps for this team. It is an under linebacker position. It sets the edge. It pass rushes. It defends against the run. It's not nearly as vital to this defense as the nickel corner is. So it's almost like you're kind of looking at them like as a second level type of player in which case he's a seventh round rookie who's competing for a sort of kind of starting job really impressive track record for dave caldwell on linebackers with his weak side starting in telvin smith a fifth round pick miles jack starting in the middle who fell to the second even though he was normally viewed as like a top five pick but his knee injury scared teams off and pushed him into the second so all in all you can say this linebacking course kind of a filled with gems diamonds in the rough almost that Dave Caldwell was able to scope out. So right now, definitely those guys in Chark, Grant, Yeldon, Jacobs, and if we're looking past, I guess, the rest of the defense, maybe the cornerbacks after Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye, because it's kind of undecided as to who's going to fill in there. They signed D.J. Hayden, but he'll Mm -hmm. likely be paying nickel. So you've got guys like Tyler Patman, two undrafted guys in Trey Herndon and Quinton Meeks who have been impressive in camp, but... Really, after A.J. Boye and uh, Ramsey, Hayden, and I guess Patman's sort of a lock to make the roster, they really have no idea what they have back there. So it'll be interesting to see what guys like, obviously, Drew Brees won't be in, but Tom Savage or if mm. Taysom Hill, J.T. Barrett get into the game, what they can do against those guys. Yeah, it, uh, if, if it's anything like training camp, it'll be a little bit easier for those guys to get some picks off Hill and uh, JT Barrett. They've been uh, they've been throwing a lot of interceptions, at least against our defense, <laughs> and your guys' secondary is very impressive. Yeah, I'm interested to see DJ Hayden out of, out of uh, what he can do. He's had an up-and-down professional career, but a very high draft pick in 2013 from the Oakland <laughs> Raiders uh, out of the University of Houston. Had that scary injury. Uh, I, I just like his story, so... Uh, I really hope that he does make uh, at least some noise because uh, I'm always rooting for him. But it'd be it'd be interesting. Up and down, uh, professional career, a lot of injuries. Um, for for the Saints, I am interested also to see Traquan Smith. Uh, also, Tom Lee Lewis has on our first step chart been named the uh, starting kick returner and punt returner. Both positions have been just absolutely up in the air. Sean Payton's called it like the bachelor. He's got 12 roses. <laughs> and I guess Tom Lee Lewis is, is the one holding the rose right now. So I'm interested to see that. Also, Boston Scott. 
going to need to take some uh, load off Alvin Kamara while um, Mark Ingram ha- serves his four-game suspension to uh, suspension to begin the uh, uh, NFL season this year. But in terms of new additions to your guys' team, uh, you have quite a few. Of course, you had quite a few departures as well, as as did most teams in the NFL. But for, for the additions to your team, who are you most looking forward to come Thursday to watch? I'd say that I have to say Taven Bryan, the first-round pick, mm. just because he is exactly that, the first-round pick. I don't see him having a huge role with the team this year just because of what they have ahead of him on the defensive line. He's going to end up being Calais Campbell's replacement at some point. At wide, uh, No, sorry, at five-tech defensive end, kind of their big end. Um, so I kind of have to say I hope to see a lot out of him, but I don't expect a ton, and I think that'll be totally fine. His development's going to be kind of slow. It's a new position. He doesn't have the greatest technique because he wasn't really taught it at Florida, but the intangibles are there for him to be impressive. So want to see him do that. Uh, otherwise, I'd say the obvious answer, I'll just want to keep talking about him. DJ Chark, real mm-hmm. excited to see what he can do, especially if he gets those first-team reps at all. Putting him up in his first career, you know, NFL action that's not in training camp against two great guys, don't get me wrong, but seeing him against an opposing team, putting him against Marshawn Lattimore, just with that size matchup, I think will be really fun to watch. Um, other than that, I'd probably DJ Hayden, just yeah. to see exactly how he is fitting into a bit of a new role, and that is a full-time nickel cornerback. That's not something he's really used to. He played a lot of outside in Oakland. He did a little bit of both in Detroit. But I'll be curious to see just how he's adjusted to the full-time nickel position in this primary cover three defense. Uh, Dante Moncrief, third string wide receiver on the depth chart. Are you surprised by that? Not too. Uh, Like I said earlier, he missed, I think, four or five uh, practices. Mm. I don't really know exactly what their thoughts are on it. From what I've just heard is that it sounds like the injury was very minor. They're being more precautionary with it because he does have an injury history. And they did sign him to a pretty solid deal, a one-year prove-it deal worth about $9.6 million. So I don't think they want to take any chances of ruining that investment, give him some time just to recover. He might get a couple snaps during the game, but I wouldn't expect him to have too much of an impact during the preseason as a whole. Um, and I, I, I want to go back to what you're talking about on the on the nickel, how, how often the Jaguars play nickel. Kind of kind of goes into who I'm excited to watch out of the Saints, Kirk Coleman. Uh, a brand new safety we signed from the the Carolina Panthers. Saints really like to run nickel, but with three safeties. So Coleman looks to be that strong safety kind of to replace Kenny Vaccaro, who recently signed with the uh, Tennessee Titans. Uh, so I'm really interested to see him. He's a new addition to the team. Um, of course, we get Patrick Robinson back to play that that um, nickel corner as well if we decide to go uh, down that route for, for some plays in this game, which I'm expecting us to do. Sign him to, to a, a very nice deal. So, uh, yeah, a lot, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be at Everbank Field, of course, in Jacksonville. Uh, 4 p.m., and that's 4 p.m. local time, um, which would be about 3 p.m. Uh, Central time for, for all you New Orleans fans listening, I believe, unless it's showing me 4 p.m. No, 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 all time specific. So it's 7 p.m. local time, 6 p.m. Central time, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Um, so at Everbank Field. Um, and there's not, it's not really going to be on TV unless you're local in Jacksonville or in New Orleans. Uh, unless you, you guys still aren't having blackouts or anything, right? You guys are good. No, good, thank good, God, good, no. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't think God. you guys did. That, that's that's way in the past, so that's good. But um, uh, even though the game and all doesn't necessarily matter, quote unquote, it does matter in terms of guys making the the team. Um, early predictions for us journalists and us podcast hosts. So. 
give me a score prediction, man. Who 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 are you thinking gonna win? Uh, how do you think the the overall score is gonna uh, uh, fare for each team? I think it'll depend on how much time they split between the second and third teams. Because when I look at the Saints roster, I definitely see talented guys on their second team and throughout their depth. At the same time, in watching this Jaguars team in training camp, I've been blown away with the depth that they've built for the second team. I truly think it's a competitive second team for almost as a whole. It's It's been it's been awesome to watch. That's what been one of my bigger takeaways from camp. However, if... If they're putting in the third team too early, then I see the Saints, no matter what their talent level is, really taking it over. Because I've not been impressed whatsoever with the third team. If you're facing Tanner Lee, I expect it. Uh, I'm just looking at your guys' unofficial depth chart right now. I mean, I remember Devontae, uh, let's see, Devontae Harris Mm -hmm. at corner, like JT Gray. All these guys you could just throw out there that you might never hear about again. Like, still wouldn't shock me if one of them comes down with an interception on Tanner Lee. That's just Mm -hmm. how it kind of works. Right. So if if it's a solid split or maybe the twos get a little more time, I see the Jaguars taking it something like, you know, 21 to 17. Mm. If the third team gets a lot of time, then I really could see it flipping the other way and having the Saints take it. Yeah, that's that's right around my score prediction. 21-17. I, I am I'm actually leaning towards the Jaguars taking this one. Um, only because uh, I, I'm, ju- I'm just not that confident in our backup quarterback play. You can ask any Saints fan, and that's what worries, worries us the most. Unless Tom Savage puts on a clinic or, or like, Boston Scott or Shane Vereen just run absolutely lights out, um, I, I, I don't really see our second and third team being able to break away from that second string defense that you guys have out there. And again, if you do go third string, uh, we're also uh, very low on our offensive line depth, and that worries me too to open up the running game. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a low scoring affair, I believe, because the starters won't be playing a whole lot. Even then, defenses on both teams are, are freaking spectacular, uh, bottom right. to top. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, twenty one seventeen. I'm leaning towards the Jaguars winner right now, honestly. But again, it, yeah, it does depend on how often they play the second string, third string guys. Um, any more thoughts on on the upcoming game? Not much. Um, excited for these teams to both get on the field. I've been yeah. waiting. Been waiting for the NFL to come back. Uh, excited to see some of the guys with the Saints. Like I said, Traquan Smith being one of my guys from UCF, as well as Alex Anzalone out of Florida. So he's yes. another kind of local product for a lot of Jags fans that I'm sure will be watching if they've got that Gator blood in them. Uh, one guy I've been wa- I've been wanting to see get some action. I didn't pay enough attention last year, but I remember he became kind of a hot name during the 2017 draft. Was FAU product Trey Henderson uh, mm-hmm. Hendrickson? who's yeah. backing up Cameron Jordan, but he was kind of viewed as a pass rushing specialist. So be curious to see what his development looks like. Yeah. So, so with Hendrickson, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Also, Tavon Bryant is also from university of Florida for the, for the Jaguars. So another mm-hmm. connection right there. Uh, but for uh, Trey Hendrickson, we drafted Marcus Davenport and gave him a first round pick for him. So it's, uh, but, but he's also been apparently injured. He hasn't really been training much. So, with, with Hendrickson, I bet you he's going to actually see a lot of playing time in this game. In terms of the regular season, though, if Davenport is healthy, he's a backup behind Okafor currently. On the other side, you have Cameron Jordan, um, and, then, and then Hendrickson may get some playing time, but the team loves to keep Jordan on the field as much as we can. So I bet you we see a lot of right. Hendrickson in this first game. If injuries happen, Hendrickson's going to be there to step up. I hated that he got uh, injured last season against the Falcons Thursday night. Uh, really derailed it. Same with Anzalone. He actually got hurt in the Dolphins game before he went on our incredible run. So I'm going to be excited to see him. He is currently a backup as well, but who knows? He could play into the starting role like he did last season. So 
man, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to see these two teams battle it out. Zach, thank you so much for joining the show. You guys can find him on Locked On Jaguars. Plug away your social media, man. Uh, anything that you got going on, let the people know. Well, I'll be returning to Jaguars training camp tomorrow. So if you guys Woo! are looking for uh, you guys looking for any content to get caught up before the uh, game comes around, be sure to throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as the Locked On Jaguars page at Locked On Jaguars. Fantastic, man. Again, thanks for joining, and thank you guys for tuning in today. You can follow us on Twitter. It's the best way to keep the conversation going and help us get your thoughts into the upcoming podcast for content. Follow us at the WDD Podcast and myself at Dane underscore Brown underscore. Uh, you can rate us on iTunes and Spreaker if you enjoyed this episode and all the other ones that we got going on. Uh, and be sure to subscribe and stay up to date with everything. Uh, as always, I'm Dayton Brown. Thanks again for listening, and as always, who dat?